what's that um that uh movie the um the one with uh what's his name the funny guy oh him yeah him you know he lives in a house next to a tree (laughs) (laughs) oh man meet the pressers with matt mallory and clint mackerel brought to you by public safety and education and the trigger pressers union and now your hosts This episode is brought to you by Shooter Technology Group, the makers of LASR software, ASP, Saber Red, and Lee Armory. Thank you. Welcome to Meet the Pressers with Clint Macro and Matt Mallory. And tonight our special guest is each other. Yay! Yay! <laughs> we want to take an opportunity to talk about some of the things that we have going on in our lives and in our businesses and cover some current events. So, Matt, what are you up to, brother? Oh, goodness. Uh, traveling all over, teaching classes. I was in Orlando, did a USCCA certified, the Certified Concealed Carry Home Defense Fundamentals instructor course a little bit back ago. I'm going to be going to Portland, Portland, Maine to do the DSF Level 1 instructor course. I'm going up there for the USCCA, uh, working on a special new curriculum. Hopefully everything will be coming out with that in the next couple of months with them. It's going to be a national curriculum that I'm going to be uh, heading up and running and be the face of. I'm excited about that. So I won't let the, bat, the cat out of the bag fully. Uh, articles. Got the George Zimmerman article back in July that, that went up on uh, Ammo Land. I've got mm-hmm. a guns.com article coming up that's going to be aired on or aired on. It's going to be released on displayed on, published on, published yeah. on guns.com. It's going to be about duty guns. So talking about the five top duty guns and what I carry as a, a duty firearm. Uh, I've got an article on ESS, uh, ESS glasses, safety glasses that I've, I wrote a while ago. Actually, I've been wearing them for about three or four years. So I've got an article that I'm tidying up on that and sending that out. And then also uh, medical marijuana. Uh, is medical marijuana a smoking gun? is the uh, the concept of that and I'm finishing up that article as well. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's a real a real thing in many states. I mean, here in Pennsylvania, you know, it can be used for medical purpose, but then those ATF questions, they they don't differentiate between local and state ordinances and laws, right? Yep, 4473 right there, you know, yeah. if you're if you're smoking marijuana, medical marijuana and it's got the THC in it, then you you're uh, breaking federal law based on how you answer that 4473 if you tell the truth or or you lie. Yeah. Yeah. The neat thing is the CBD oils. That's, that's something that a lot of people are doing. And and I was kind of like, how are they looking at it? So I reached out to the ATF and this is part of my article too, for that. I reached out to the ATF and their, their legal counsel actually got back to me and told me that it's uh, it is fine. This is part of the article. So it's a little inside information here before you read the article. So hopefully people will go and read it when I'm, when it's published. Um, But there's a certain percentage of, THC that's allowed in the CBD oil. So if it's, if, and I forget it right off the top of my head, but um, actually you're going to have to read the article to find out what the percentage is. So, there you go. See there. Now you're, now you're thinking like a promoter. They just passed Brianna's law in New York state, which by uh, I think 2025, if I'm not mistaken, starts in 2020, January of 2020 is when it starts, but everybody has to have a boating safety course. There's no more. Everybody. Brand. Everybody. Yeah. It used to be up to a certain age, uh, you're exempt from it. Uh, and then if you, unless you were going to ride a, a personal watercraft, so a jet ski, 
then every then you have to have it. Uh, but a boat, you wouldn't have to have it if you were born after forget the eighties, something like that. Um, maybe it was the nineties. So the, it's it's mandatory the training. Are they giving it like in in grade school? Like no, no. It's, or is this only people that use the public waterways? It's anybody who wants to drive a vessel. So any oh, okay, okay. kind of boat on the water. I've been teaching the course for two or three years now. And the course, the classes are good. I teach it anywhere from a couple times to, I think this year I did it three or four times this year. And um, now is that a for fee class? There are pe- some people that do it for free. I do it for a fee. I charge half off of what I normally would for an eight hour course because it's an, a mandated eight hour course. So normally it would be like a hundred, $125 is what I would charge for it based on the number of hours and being that it's a required course, but there's people that do it for free. So I'm doing it for 40 bucks is what I teach it for. Well, the hunter safety course in New York, is that, is that required? Uh, it's required. Yep. Yeah, if you want to, I mean, if you want to hunt, obviously, right? At any no. age. Is that for fee? That is free. The Pittman's Pittman Robertson Act okay. actually mm-hmm. is in is what they use to be able to fund everything. Uh, all instructors are not paid. Class is free, so anybody that wants to take it doesn't have to pay for the class. We're all volunteer here in Pennsylvania too for the Hunter Safety Course. And nice. actually, a couple of years ago, uh, the the numbers guys came out from the Game Commission and they said that in Allegheny County, where the city of Pittsburgh is, mm-hmm. they said that we weren't meeting the needs of the people that wanted to get the Hunter safety course. So they were challenging us to do more classes. I had 115 kids in one of my classes that year. Wow. I didn't do it all by myself. Of course, right. there was a whole crew of us that, that did the class together, but uh, I was ultimately the, the one that was uh, in charge of the paperwork. And uh, we had 115 kids certified. That was a state wow. record for a tiny bit. I think they did, someone did one with 150 uh, the following year down near Harrisburg. I became certified through Pennsylvania Game Commission to teach it. Uh, in 2010, when I came back to Pennsylvania from living out of state for many years. And Mm -hmm. it was something that I always looked forward to doing. I remember as a kid, I took mine in 1987, I think, and Malcolm Kitchen uh, gave me that class. And back then it was a three-day class and we actually went to the range. But I remember Malcolm Kitchen, he signed off on my card and that was at a Mountain Country Sportsman's Club outside of Cinnamahoning, Pennsylvania. Wow. And I look back at that and remember every moment of that. That was very special to me. And so I'll be in the grocery store now and one of those kids will say, hey, Mr. Macro, I got a deer this year. You know, that's, that, that's pretty cool when, when that happens. And you see someone, they're like, hey, you did my hunter safety course. So anyway, what, what do you got going on? You got a lot of stuff coming up. Oh, I do. I've got quite a, quite a, a, a schedule coming yeah, I, up. I see in your newsletter. That was pretty uh, in-depth. I like that. Yeah, I just released a newsletter today. I sent it out differently. So if anyone watching didn't receive it, let me know. Or if it didn't open, I'm trying something new, a little something different to to make it look cooler. But I'm pushing the limits of the infrastructure I have in place to send out that newsletter. And I'm hoping that everyone did get to uh, received it. It does look Uh, good, though. It looks jazzy. It makes me it pushed me to kind of want to say, darn it, I got to finish my schedule too and get my schedule, my schedule done. So you're putting a fire under my butt. Yeah, I've been pretty busy, man. I've been doing lots of classes. Uh, was uh, in St. Thomas, Pennsylvania. I've been working with a group of guys down there who are putting together a, a cadre of instructors to do some trail life, nice. trail life uh, classes with the youth. If you're familiar with that program, it's uh, similar to Boy Scouts. They broke off of uh, Boy Scouts yep. and um, got them certified as NRA basic pistol instructors earlier this year. And we went down and did the uh, 
I did the NRA rifle instructor course. And actually, some of them are now kind of going off on their own. And I'm going to be going down and training them for the USCCA curriculum for the Concealed Carry and Home Defense Fundamentals. Been doing some DSF uh, student level courses, level one and level two. Um, been doing quite a bit of those, getting a lot of them, uh, a lot of people to experience that training. I, I have to say, of, of all the defensive classes I offer, uh, that one is my favorite to teach, the DSF program. I agree. And, and it's it's the one I teach. I mean, I will teach yep. anything else if someone specifically requests it, it. And I'll, I'll you know try to talk them into the DSF because I feel that it has the most value, especially in a one-day formatted class. Yep. Uh, but I really do enjoy teaching it. Man, it, it can be tough to teach. I had someone uh, show up. Uh, this was the very first time. I've had people that were new to firearms show up to class, but I had someone who brought me a gun or brought their gun in a cardboard box, never touched it before and never shot before. And uh, by the end of the day, we were rocking holsters. I've written a couple articles. I had one come out at 4th of July through the USCCA called uh, Constitutional Debates in a Soundproof Room. Uh, which was uh, an article that I wrote that kind of talked about some of the conversations I would have with some of my music clients here working in the studio with music and film clients. So uh, it was designed to be give give people some fuel if they were going to have those uh, conversations uh, that were in regards to the Second Amendment with uh, folks that maybe weren't gun people. Uh, that came out in, uh, on July 4th, I believe it came out on 4th of July. Uh, but I uh, also been writing a lot of letters to a lot of elected officials and and uh, people within the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania and also outside. Uh, the last couple of weeks, especially with the most recent rash of evil mass spree killings that have taken place, especially in in uh, California, up in Gilroy, and then then shortly after that in in Texas and then in Ohio, the the knee jerk reaction of disarming the law abiding citizen has been one that's been popularized on the TV and a lot of Republicans are starting to turn down that road. And so rampant. It, it is. And, and I felt the need to do what I can to kind of make my voice heard. So I've been writing a lot of letters and sharing them with people on Facebook and hopefully that inspires them to in turn write letters themselves and send emails and make phone calls. Uh, it's important that we educate our elected officials and let them know what the real deal is. Uh, you know, recently there was a shootout between a, an armed criminal in Philadelphia. And of course, the media was playing it off as if it was a, quote, you know, mass shooter event. Mm-hmm. And uh, this individual had a rap sheet as long as my arm. And th- he should not and was not allowed to have firearms. And if that isn't an indication of how criminals don't pay attention to the law anyhow, then I don't know what is. So I've been spending a lot of time kind of pounding that pulpit, working uh, heavily with firearms owners against crime. I'm on the board there uh, with FOAC and uh, also with uh, Allegheny County Sportsman's League. Of course, we're in the middle of, of the litigation with the city of Pittsburgh and that's ongoing and continuing. And uh, we're spending quite a bit of money there. Josh Prince is, is at the, the helm of that ship. Uh, he's an amazing attorney. He's, he's restored my faith in lawyers. Uh, this guy is just a great guy, man a really good guy. He's tenacious and creative. And uh, we, we feel we're in good hands, but we're spending money. I mean, we're spending money hands over fist. And so is FOAC, Farms Owners Against Crime, has a suit uh, with the city as well. And uh, they're spending exponentially more money than County League is. Uh, we have one, one suit, whereas FOAC has plaintiffs. So, you know, every time something is filed, well, it needs to be filed multiple times. So, of course, that adds up. And uh, Josh has been cutting us deals left and right, but it still costs quite a bit of money to 
to wage a lawsuit against a major city. So if anyone would like to donate, I will put the donation information right here on the bottom so you all can see that. And people say, why should I donate to the city, you know, this fight you're having with the city of Pittsburgh? And I'll tell you why. Uh, people from across the country should be concerned about this mm -hmm. because this is the test case for how to defeat preemption across the country. So what we're going to do is we're going to overturn this law and then we're going to overturn this law in Florida and then we're going to overturn this law in other states and legislative bodies at the municipal level will be talking about guns because unfortunately our state capitals in Washington have been bought by the gun manufacturing lobby who has decided that they and they alone should write the laws about guns in our society. What do you want to tell taxpayers who are concerned about expensive lawsuits? Number one, we will be represented by every town. Uh, national organization that will be putting a team of lawyers in place for us. Uh, they have offered their services to the city of Pittsburgh. He's well-funded, well-funded by uh, Bloomberg and his cronies of and his different organizations. And they've got a ton of money, man. And these are smart people. They know how to play the game and they're playing it well. I honestly think that a, that a lot of these politicians, you know, even educating some of them, you could probably get some of them to, to change their mindset. But I honestly think there's a, there's a lot of politicians that just want to ban guns. They don't like guns uh, for whatever reason. They just, it's not even about not getting them, not having the guns in well, bad people's hands is about having the guns in nobody's hands. Yeah. And, and, you know, some of those folks may be well-meaning people, but they're unrealistic, you know, to, right. to say that you're going to get rid of every farm on the planet right. is ridiculous. And, yep. and, you know, if you did ban them, imagine how much more expensive they would be in the black market. It would make a even bigger industry to sell stolen ones. Right. You know, to say like, we're going to get rid of all the guns is like saying, I'm going to eliminate rape by making sure that every man in the country has his penis removed. That's the same thing that they're trying to say. Let's get rid of all the guns and that'll get rid of all the crime. Well, that's, that's, that's unrealistic. And there's lots of people that own firearms that use them legally and use them for a righteous purpose to defend themselves and those that they love. And if a bad guy is going to use his intent on committing a crime and there's not a gun that they can use, what are they going to use? Whatever means, other means, right? Pressure cooker, IEDs, knives. Yeah, acid. A try. I mean, that, when we do court, we, we won't let anybody bring in any kind of liquids. If they want water, we got a water machine right there. Well, why mm -hmm. can't I bring in my soda? I just bought the soda because I don't know what's in it. It could be acid. People are throwing acid in people's faces. Yes, that's why you can't bring it in. Yeah, well, gun owners need to, frankly, get off of their asses and mm -hmm. send an email and make a phone call. I don't care what state you live in. I don't care what part of the country you are in. You need to get up and make a phone call, send an email because the numbers are on our side. I mean, there are, there's a, a great majority of, of law-abiding gun owners in this country. And if we just respectfully call these people that, that we supposedly elected and put into office and say, hey, listen, we're watching what you're doing and what you're talking about is wrong. Or, hey, we're watching what you're doing and you're fighting for my liberty and I appreciate it. Yeah, you know, we need to call the guys that are doing good too. Yep, you know, a lot of people spend their time just kind of beating up the, you know, the people that are, are talking anti-liberty, but we also right. need to call and support those that are fighting because yep. it's tiresome. You know, they get tired. If all they hear is negativity day in, day out, uh, you know, maybe they're less likely to keep doing it. So we need to give them a little bit of support as well. The one thing that you said that that's very key is it's got to be respectful. Because if it's not respectful, if, if, if you're not respectful when you're talking to a politician, 
then they're just going to think you're a crazy right wing gun toting person that it shouldn't have a gun. And no, absolutely. And Respectful might, and professional, but you can still be stern and you can definitely. still be, you can still be stern and yep. be respectful. Absolutely. Totally agree. Totally agree. But you know, screaming, yelling, cursing, stuff like that, you know, um, you know dress, dress the part, proper attire, stuff like that, just to make sure that you, you present a, uh, a well-educated side of the, the equation, if you will. I will. I'll take it. <laughs> I'm Matt Lorizier, Legal Policy Director with Firearms Policy Coalition, where we fight for all your rights all the time. And you're watching Meet the Pressers with Matt and Clay. Now, back to Meet the Pressers. Hey, did you know that it's National Shooting Sports Month? Mm-hmm. Uh, the nice, NSSF. Yeah, they sent me a whole box of stuff. I've been giving it to all my students through the, the month of August Very for cool. National Shooting Sports Month. Uh, Trigger Pressers Union is a member of National Shooting Sports Foundation. So it's, is uh, PSNED. Yeah, and a, a good, great organization. And this National Shooting Sports Month campaign has been pretty cool. And, and I s sent them uh, my, my schedule for the month, and then they sent me a big giant box of stuff. So I've been giving out like cooling towels and hats and t-shirts. Really? And, yeah. I like them cooling towels. Did you, did you have to ask for the stuff or did they just actually no? They just, I just, a big box came in the mail and then I was at first, my first thing was like, am I supposed to pay for this? <laughs> like, do they have my credit card on file? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But then I, then I clarified that it was like, go on, give it to your people. So I, I've been giving it out to all my students. So I've gotten rid of quite a bit of hats this, this uh, month. I've got the ICE fundamentals of home defense class coming up. Uh, at the end of the month on the 31st, I got an NRA range safety officer course. Oh, this is cool. I'll be going back down to uh, Colonial Williamsburg in, in September on the 17th, 18th, and 19th to do uh, Very cool. the uh, NMLRA uh, slash NRA uh, muzzle loading instructor course. That's a three day program. So I'll be doing that at Colonial Williamsburg. Got a chief range safety officer course coming up at Impacts. I'm doing that at Impacts, which is uh, one of the nation's premier. Uh, shooting ranges, indoor ranges, and they, they do a lot of training there too. Their, their training cadre is top-notch, uh, really fantastic stuff. As a matter of fact, with anything unarmed or when it gets into tactics and, and strategy, that kind of things, I always send them over to Impacts because uh, nice. Sam, Sam Rosenberg and his, uh, his cadre are, are, are amazing. Actually, we're going to have Sam on the show here one of these days uh, very shortly. Uh, let's see. I got some hunter safety courses coming up, DSF level one and two. Uh, I'm hosting, hosting Dave Jenkins. He's coming down here to do the uh, NRA CCW instructor course. So that'll be happening in October. Uh, oh, here's a good one. Uh, DSF level one instructor development. I'll be doing that one on November 9th and 10th. Nice. Where's that? So, That's locally there? Yeah, that'll be here in, in uh, New Kensington. Very cool. Uh, I'm, I'm free to go ahead and do the level one instructor development courses on my own now. So awesome. Uh, that's well, pretty cool. Concealed carry home defense, fundamental instructor development courses, uh, one in St. Thomas, Pennsylvania, and then one it, at impacts in November. I'll be doing one there. Uh, another, another basic pistol instructor course, NRA basic pistol, a couple more DSFs, basic rifle course, instructor course. Uh, December 21st is the uh, trigger second annual trigger pressures union instructor conference and impacts is hosting that as well and doing be doing a lot more work with impacts in the next year here my end of the year class will be the uh, metallic cartridge and shot shell reloading course that'll be uh, uh, at the end of the year uh, my last class and that was supposed to happen 
couple of weeks ago, but I didn't quite have enough people in it. And so I had to, had to postpone it. Yeah. I'm trying to, I, I really wish people get more into reloading up here and muzzle loading. They just, just put it up on the calendar and we don't really get any, get too many, too many responses on it. Well, the muzzle loading stuff has been, I've been getting more of a name for that. You know, I always joke with Rob Pink is let's come out with a, you know, combat focused uh, cap and ball or something like that, you know, some type of defensive flintlock class is a joke, but, uh, uh, you know, the, the history behind using primitive guns like that is, is, is pretty amazing. And it's, it's really cool to see the different types of people that come into those classes. You may have folks that are just worried about training uh, youth, like doing boy scout programs, or you might have folks that are really hardcore reenactors that, that literally live the way they did back in the 1700s or in the 1800s. That's really cool. We, we had thought, my wife and I had thought about doing, uh, doing that, doing some of the, the reenactments and getting out there and getting involved in that. There's just, there's so many things to do. It's kind of like, where do we, you know, where do you put your time? And yeah, that's, well. that's the hardest thing. We just, I don't know if I, I don't even know if I told you, but it's been uh, three weeks. We, we got a three-year-old foster, foster, three-day-old foster child came to us three weeks ago. So wow. The past three weeks have been kind of like a, a zombie blur. <laughs> wow. Three, three day old. Three day old. Yeah. He was born uh, with cocaine, marijuana, and alcohol in his system. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, but he's, he's doing good. He's, uh, he's getting it all, all out of his system and he's, uh, he's a happy little guy. I'm Rob Pope with the Wago Firearms Training Center and Range in West Michigan. And you're watching Meet the Pressers with Matt Mallory and Clint Macro. Now, back to Meet the Pressers. This episode is brought to you by Shooter Technology Group, the makers of LASR software, ASP, Saber Red, and Lee Armory. Thank you. So we've got some new sponsors that we want to talk about and give some props to in their products. Yeah, I'm very excited. I've had a long relationship with this company. Shooter Technology Group with the LASR software. Uh, those of you that maybe don't know, I'm actually the voice on the LASR software, which is kind of cool. Uh, it was uh, an exciting thing when I first met those guys. Uh, they had just done their first version, and when they did the second version, the person that did the voice on it like disappeared, or I, I don't know, he went into a witness protection program or something. And uh, so they said, hey, Clint, can you do all the commands for us? I said, yeah, absolutely. And uh, that was a for hire project that uh, they hired my studio. But honestly, I would have probably done that for free because it was pretty cool. So and they're kicking uh, and, themselves now. Yeah. Anyone, if, if you've ever used the LASR software, which is laser activated shot reporter, yep. uh, you've probably heard me say shooter ready, stand by. That's me. Um, but uh, the LASR software is something I've been working with for, for quite a while and, and kind of endorsing and pushing. But they have the new laser X. And the Laser X is a subscription service which works on everything. It works yes. on cell phones. It works on iPhone, on Android. So uh, we're going to be doing a, a, a demo of that in a later episode. But I'm really excited that they, they got on board with sponsoring the show. And uh, so remember to train smart and train often. I actually have that right on, my, uh, right on the shoulder on my patch right next to the UTM patch I have. Cool, cool. And if uh, in the meantime, if you want to purchase anything, I'll, I'll – my code is TPU. If you use code TPU, you'll save 10% off of your uh, final price. And that does not stand for Toilet Paper Union. It stands for Trigger Pressures Union. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we don't want people to be confused, I guess. No, 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 no. Uh, so another sponsor is ASP, Armament Systems and Procedures. And I am an instructor for them, law enforcement instructor. So I do baton, 
flashlight and handcuffs. The handcuffs by far, and I wish I had a pair right now on me, but um, I, uh, I just did a security guard handcuffing training earlier this week. Man, I tell you, they, they've got keyholes on both sides. So no matter how you put the cuffs on, you can, you can get them out and get the, the perp out a lot easier. Uh, as well as they've got double locks on both sides. They're smooth, they're rounded, they're, they're lightweight, and they've got a, a plastic that's also has, it's infused with metal for, for rigidity. But they've had Lou Ferrigno, who hopefully will be a future guest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, they've had Lou Ferrigno, the Hulk, the Incredible Hulk, actually try to break them and he couldn't break them. So that's cool. Yeah. Pe people are saying, Oh, they're plastic. Well, yeah, they're more than just plastic. I mean, you say people said that about guns back in the day, you know, oh, it's poly it's a plastic gun. It's a polymer yeah. gun. So, you know, that argument of plastic, plastic has come a long ways. So their, their handcuffs are definitely uh, by far the best on the market, a little bit bigger than other handcuffs, but they, uh, you have to have special cases for them. But I tell you, I, I will never use anything else. That was was Lou Ferrigno green when he tried to break them or was he? I don't know, but when he's on the, when he's on the show, if, if he isn't green on the show, can you like superimpose green over top of him? I'll, like, I'll find some way to do that or we'll, we'll cut into some old footage or something. A little green hue, if you will. Yeah. So I wasn't real familiar with Asp's products, uh, you know, coming, being a, a strictly a civilian, I really didn't have any exposure to him. And I remember Rob Pincus would talk about his scribe flashlight. Yeah. And I, he had showed it to me. So Asp sent us one, and I yes, and uh, it's really a nice flashlight. It is. It's a little long, but honestly, I you know I came from this. This was my old flashlight that I carried for years. This old Streamlight. You're used to that being smaller. Yeah, but I tell you, I I didn't think that this really took up any any more space. It, it's it's kind of like you know some people will say, well, uh, the Glock 19 carries well in appendix, but going to a Glock 17 would be too much. When in fact the 17 fits just as well as a 19 for the vast majority of people. Right. And actually in some cases, because it's longer, it kind of it tucks in closer to the body. Well, this is kind of what I found with this. I first saw this and saw it being so long. Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, this is going to be a problem. But it really did kind of tuck down into my pocket. I don't think it, it, I saw it anymore or felt that it was there anymore. The only thing I would say would be nice is if the clip were maybe a half inch higher. Uh, yeah, because it sticks I, out of your pocket a little bit. It sticks out of my pocket a little bit. Yeah. But aside from that, the that trade-off to the fact that this is so bright. Yeah. I can't believe how bright this little flashlight is. I mean, I, I forget the ratings of lumens of how many it is, but it's it's Hundreds. it's substantial. Yeah. Uh pretty uh, pretty amazing. As a matter of fact, the other day I was trying to unlock my car and and when I put the light on, it actually kind of blinded me off yeah. of the key thing. Sounds off. We yeah. actually do. That's one of the drills that we do. Uh, people laugh when I tell them that I'm an ASP flashlight instructor. They're like, you got to be trained on how to use a flashlight. And uh, there's some neat little tricks. And that's actually one of them. We actually use it to, uh, to illuminate what's in front of us. And then we have the other person on the other side have a higher rate, rated flashlight do it as well, just to show that you can actually white blanch out or white out the, the other person that has a flashlight. You can actually uh, get, get them lost in the light. Yeah. Uh, you know, having used like, you know, streamlights and, and some of the surefire, like the, the old P series, mm -hmm. uh, when people would say you could blind someone with a flashlight, I just didn't really see that as, as something that I kind of believe. But now that I'm using like this and like this tungsten, Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, I, I could see where that might disrupt someone for, you know, for a, a period of time enough for you to maybe, you know, move off of the X or get behind, you know, some yeah. position of advantage or something. Break the OODA loop. 
Yeah, you yeah, most certainly. So um, one nice thing about the the tungsten too is, uh, it, have you had a char- recharge it yet? I've yeah, I've, well, I haven't okay. run it dead and then charged it back up. No, so but I, I have ran mine dead. <laughs> okay, so you just I just I just kind of would the top and it, and then pull it and then you've got a USB charger right there. Yeah, right here. Yep. I usually kind of my and you know maybe somebody will say this isn't the right thing to do, but uh, with my rechargeable stuff, I usually will just run it and then like at night when I put everything away, I'll put it in and let it charge, and then that's that's just from working in the fire department, I guess. Um, we always put things on charge at the end of the day. So I haven't had it run completely dead yet. Uh, the other day we had an animal in our, uh, chicken coop. Mm. So I, I had it on for quite a while, uh, while I was out there investigating and I hadn't, you know, I was out there a good hour running it almost nonstop and it, and it ran really well and didn't necessarily, I didn't notice that it got dimmer or anything like that. Yeah. yeah so I, I'm, I'm real impressed with the, with their flashlights, I, I have to say. And, and so I tell everyone, hey, go check one out, check out one of these scribes. And there are two AAA batteries for that. So it's, it's pretty, the scribes, pretty, pretty easy to swap them out, pretty readily accessible batteries. And it, and it, US, it'll plug into the USB as well. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty cool. Uh, a nifty flashlight, really well made. Um, I think it probably would take a great deal of abuse. I've only been carrying it now for about a month, so I haven't really run it through the the full gamut. But uh, it seems to be one of the nicer flashlights I've ever handled. Thanks for watching the show. Don't forget to subscribe, like, share, comment, and click that little bell so you know when we're going to upload new videos. So until next time. Until next time. Until next time. I'll do. We get a quote for the new catchphrase. <laughs> we'll see you later. No, that's Pittsburghese for you guys. Then you should say that. From Pittsburgh, we'll see you later. I'll do. Uh, you got to try something else besides you right. do. All right. Until next time. Potatoes and potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time. Goodbye. This is Clinton Matt with Meet the Pressers. Okay, I think we're done. I tried. That was fun. Thank you for watching Meet the Pressers. 